Hey everyone, hey and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. This is your host Tom, thank you so much for joining me. We are going through every single bloody Metallica song is getting an episode. We're going through each one, alphabetical order. We're currently on D, I think we just started D. Um, we've been going for about six months or so now so still so many songs left uh you know thankfully this is this show is a joy to do so i want to thank everyone to listening everyone who wants to come on the show uh you know like today's guest get in touch with me if you want to do a song admittedly a lot of the songs have been taken but about half the outfits left it's gonna be about a year or so we'll do those but um if you want to put your name down metallicapod.gmail.com and if anything else if you want to just get in touch with me you want to disagree with my opinions on on reload or you know you want you i don't, I don't know <laughs> whatever you want to say to me metallicapod.gmail.com also at metallicapod patreon if you want to help support the show financially um you know you want to get access to stuff before it goes into the main channel you just want to give back to enjoy the show thank you so much for that uh patreon patreon.com forward slash alpha metallica what else do we have itunes reviews if you can leave those they're greatly appreciated as well yeah so today we're jumping into i'm kind of going to give the game away but obviously i think this song's a classic um you know i adore this track and uh as ever i'm not alone though uh i'm joined today by kieran how's it going man uh, it's going pretty good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm well, bro. And let's just kick it off as we always do. Metallica, first time you ever, you ever experienced this band? How, where? Uh, no, first time I've experienced them was probably. Uh, do you mind they're on the Simpsons like uh, about a decade ago? Okay, yeah, yeah, I remember that. I watched that recently. Uh, actually. Probably that was the first time I like, heard of Metallica. But oh, when I actually heard of their music, it would have been like. I don't know, probably one off a of Guitar Hero 3. Right, yeah, I remember that. Like, I remember it was got into there. them through that and then brought like, bought, like, the whole game about them. Yeah. And just kind of went from there, became a massive fan. That's so great, isn't it? Because, I mean, obviously you're not that much younger, but clearly you got into them a bit, you know, uh, re- more recently than I did. Ways uh, you get into them through a video game. They were voices on an animated show. It's just like the Metallica brand so diverse. Oh, definitely. Like they are the bit. They're beyond a band. No, they're pretty much a brand at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They. I mean, we're doing Damage Incorporated, but it's pretty much Metallica Incorporated, isn't it? The way they got the hand on the fucking capital, man. In the best possible sense, they're just smart dudes. Oh yeah, definitely. Like I don't think any other metal band can do what they've done like ever again. No, no, no. That's true. That's true. It's irrevocable. Uh, the path they have led, and I mean, so you get into them through the Guitar Hero. Uh, was it Guitar? Was Guitar Hero the free one with Cliffs of Dover as the final boss? Uh, I, like Cliffs of Dover, Metallica, and Rain and Blood by Slayer. Well, Rain the last Blood, yeah. <laughs> oh man, Guitar Hero man, yeah. But I remember Cliffs of Dover. What what a fucking song! I actually knew that song beforehand, and it was weird that that was like everyone suddenly knew this song. Back to Metallica, though. I would love an Eric Johnson Metallica crossover. I think it'd be like Lulu. It'd be an absolute disaster. But it'd be uh, it'd be intriguing. I mean, in terms of music, then in terms of albums, what, what you know, what did you start with? What did you get into? Uh, first Metallica album I properly got into. I reckon would have been Injustice for All. Like that's probably my favorite album by them today, and it just blew me away with how good it was. It was like, the heaviest thing I was listening to at the time. Of just getting into that kind of music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I hadn't quite like you know I was a bit too new to it to get into Slayer and stuff so that was the most heaviest kind of stuff that was accessible to me at the time mm-hmm. if you get me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I mean we'll jump into Damage Incorporated which is incredibly heavy as well incredibly incredibly flashy oh, right. you know the, the speed the intensity we'll, we'll get into all of that but it's the final track on Master of Puppets I mean album closes to you are they important? 
Oh, definitely. Like you never solid start and a solid finish, and put yeah. all your filler or whatever in the middle. Just you know, <laughs> yeah. keep them invested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, this is a momentous, um, incredible, incredible track. You know, uh, unbelievable uh, in terms of quality. Yeah. And I love the beginning. Um, you know that. Pat- uh, like they kind of bassy echoey kind yeah. of intro. That patented Cliff Burton magic, like. Oh yeah, definitely. I like that's what I was doing in my notes. Was like cool intro, like that starts off so well. Yeah, it really does. It really does, and it's just you know the the slow sort of whale song uh, swells of the whole thing, right. and just you know, I don't know. It, it's such a deceptively ambient beginning to what is such a you know frantic uh, tail end of the song. Yeah, it's like really similar to Battery in that kind of mm. end. Mm. Like, I think that song, like, I thought it was kind of weird. They both kind of have the same kind of like flow to the whole way through, and they both like start and end the albums. Like, two songs really similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And even James's melody, like, it's almost scattershot gunfire, like Battery, the way he's kind of just blurting uh, out these really powerful metaphors for sheer masculine, you know, wanton destruction. Mm-hmm. Actually, just um, a quick thing from, I don't know if you checked out Back to the Front, uh, Kieran. Um, it's kind of like a photographic history of the Master of Puppets era. I think I might actually have that somewhere. Oh, I'm right. pretty sure I've talked and stuff around you and it's just kind of disappeared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's fucking crazy. And they have a great section in the middle uh, about them recording the whole album. And they talk about damaging specifically. James Hetfield says, There was definitely a lot of weird experimental shit going on, with Cliff especially. We'd hear these alien-like sounds coming from his amp. Mm. I remember him recording the intro to Damage Inc. He was just layering and layering the effects. We said, Cliff, you can't hear the melody? But he was doing his thing, headbanging and just completely lost in his own world. Um, and it, it is that kind of miasma, isn't it? Just to fo- Let's just focus on this kind of, I think it's about a minute 20 that kind of, you know, is is this like retreat uh, away from like the onslaught that the majority of the albums has. But it does have this kind of ambient meditative quality, doesn't it? Yeah, like Metallica during those like years before, you know, they started doing their kind of sound. Now, they always did like throw in cool little things every now and then that you could catch. Like, you know, it's also the whisper part, there's that kind of ambience to it. It's all like kind of unconventional for that genre at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in, uh, unbelievably so. And also, it's it's not only just he's making cool sounds, but, you know, melodically, they're based on some mm-hmm. real complex, interesting conceits. And Kirk actually says in the book as well, uh, Cliff played me an early demo of the Damage Inc. intro on the Rider Lightning Tour, that bit with the volume swells. I said, fucking hell, it's great. And he goes, yeah, man, it's based on a back piece called Come Sweet Death. Then he played me the actual back piece. And I said, that sounds nothing like what you just played me. And he said, great, great. That's good news. So, you know, Cliff is always just drawing from this, like, infinitely mature, creative wellspring. About Cliff, like, yeah, he was, like, they always say all the time, Cliff was, like, ahead of them so much, like, musically. Like, he knew everything there was to know at the time. Like, he's given, shown them classical stuff. He's shown them things like Misfits and all that, which they just never knew about. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a great point, um, and to, to end my series of quotes on the genius of Cliff, uh, from Mick Wall's uh, Enter Night, and he's basically talking about that piece of original classical music. Uh, the piece Cliff's referring to is Come Sweet Death from the 69 Sacred Songs and Arias that Johann Sebastian Bach contributed to Georg Christensen Schemelli's, I hope I'm saying that right, musical songbook, which contained nearly a thousand song texts for voice and accompaniment, but written down as a figured bass, musical notations indicating intervals, chords and non-chord tones in relation to a bass note providing harmonic structure, a very Burton-like musical preoccupation. 
So just a bit of extra context there that I find really interesting to share with you guys. But, um, you know, moving forward then out of this kind of swampy, hazy, you know, um, magical, I have to use word again for Cliff, this intro, going into the main guitars. I love the intro. I don't know about you. It feels like machinery is kind of revving up. It starts quick and then just gets quicker and quicker. Uh, it's like a very punchy kind of riff. Like it's got kind of a punk thing to it, I mm-hmm. think, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Or at least compared to the rest of the stuff. Like it's really fast. It's just rapid fire. It's like, like I said, it's very, you can very clearly see a similarities to battery yeah. in it. Yeah, yeah. It's just that, that punishing open E. Like, that's such a staple of metal riffs everywhere, that chug. But the ferocity, it, it almost takes my breath away when the main riff kicks into this song. I'm like, fucking hell, this is an absolute, you know, machine gun fire. Uh, it's very intense. I like how there's a bit of silence where damaging would be whispers as a kind of pause. And and that's classic Metallica, the juxtaposition of the stop-start. Yeah, like, they like to just throw in cool stuff and everything like that. Like, just unconventional kind of things from hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and a lot of this song as well, it's not... You know, a lot of metal bands, Sabbath particularly, can get kind of stuck on it's a riff and we're just playing this riff throughout the song and that's fine. But Metallica always have little edges. Like, they know how to write stuff, like James in particular. Like, all the riffs just have a little movement here or there at the end or a little variation. Or, you know, I like um, when James is singing over that riff, the the one that goes from the A sharp to the G, which is just, I mean, I love that fucking riff. But sometimes he'll play single note phrases to end the verse rather than just the heavier down mutes. And it just it works so well like i really um listening to just purely listening to the rhythm guitars of this song i just some of the best metallica work for me Mm -hmm. i like they look very punky it's really just the thrashiness of it is fucking awesome like like that was metallica during their absolute peak when they're just so angry and they had some amount of intensity in those albums like from Kill 'em All to let's say Black Album, they uh you know just so intense, so angry, and just mm. proper good, like just yeah. amazing. Music, yeah. Really. yeah, really, really, truly amazing. Like the best of its kind. I think this sort of music, like you know, I I adore this song from top to bottom. Just. I just, I, you know, I just love everything about it. I love that kind of slow brewing star into those really intelligent, you know, the riff construction, the rhythms, and even the. What do you think about the whisper? Him whispering, "Damage Incorporated." I think it's pretty cool. Like, you know, it's obviously it's such an intense and angry song. You have like that wee split second break where it's just whispering something. Yeah. It's like you know something that you wouldn't really think about doing, but they do, and it kind of keeps you like, oh, what's that? You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a dynamic in of itself, definitely. Yeah. And it could come off cheesy, like, you know, to a certain extent in love songs, you know, uh, sort of sultry females whisper in the chorus and stuff. But, he, you know, it, it works as as with most things with Metallica. It shouldn't work, but it makes it even better. Right. Well, to be honest, it is, like, you know, the music as a whole is pretty cheesy of its own. Right, like, right. the lyrics are very cheesy as well, but all works, you know. It's, like, it's just a fun song. It's fun music, you know. Yeah, yeah. And the lyrics... Again, the comparisons to Battery stand out because it's just kind of like, you know, yeah. a few phrases, um, you know, living on your knees conformity or dying on your feet for honesty and blood will follow blood as well. And, and I, him screaming that section over those open chords a bit breathier. Love that section. I uh, like the lyrics are definitely not poetic or anything, but again, no. job done. It's really just intense, really straight to the point aggression, which was what was so good about Metallica at that point, and what I think they kind of lost when like Cliff left and started going a bit more rocky, right? You know, right. with like reloading and all that. Oh yeah, yeah. 
find you on that time. Like they didn't, try, they just didn't really try too much. They just knew what they wanted to do, and it was just so good. Mm, mm. Honesty is my only excuse, which I think is quite quite poetic actually. But but I get what you're saying. I even like damage jackals ripping right through you as as the kickoff of the third uh, uh, verse is uh, really. It just sounds really cool, you know. Really it does. It does. Yeah, a damage jackal. Yeah, it just sounds uh, pretty awesome. And um, we get into kind of I guess the bridge that that riff that feels a bit like a Dave Mustaine riff that James eventually sings over you know I love love that but a lot of riffs are composed around an open E and a, and a 7 and a 5 on the A so you know but but it's in that mould uh, euthanasia killing road especially it reminds me of that song and then we have James sort of screaming go and then we go into the solo which is I think one of Kirk's best solos it's a fantastic piece of work oh yeah definitely like it just sounds so cool and that is like that is like trademark Metallica solos. Like they're just so fucking like like fast, and you know, but and it's got past that certain period where you know now their solos are like four or five minutes long, but this yeah. one's just straight to the point, short and sweet, and it does the song justice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a fucking killer solo. It's a long. It's quite long in of itself when you think it's going to end, but it always comes back. It's playing with the damaging backing behind it that allows for the space but it's just got some of my favorite stuff it's got some really rhythmic nice pieces in there there's the wah sounds excellent as well like i always critiques kirk for war but i think the wah just gives it so much space and so much energy as it's going into the tail end of the solo oh, yeah it's one of the few instances where it's where it's actually worked and yeah. it's been kind of forcing it for the past god knows how many years yeah yeah but yeah. at this point i was working for him it really it really was um getting back to the front i think kirk says he was inspired by uh, Steve I a lot during the recording of this album more for the sounds I think the unique fretboard sounds but you can, Steve I does a lot of that like on Tender Surrender and For the Love of God he'll use the wah to bend upwards just to create a real singing portion of the solo uh, to take stock and you know Kirk does that like I have to say this this solo I've been listening to this song a lot uh, uh, obviously in prep for this episode and the solo is always the highlight for me of a brilliant song but this solo I just it, it just it, the cherry on the top yeah, like, you know, it's very legato and you can also tell with the classical kind of theme to it, like, mm. even though it's so fast and so intense, you can still hear the complexity of it and, like, the old school kind of style that Cliff clearly influenced to the plane. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Cliff, I think he has two writing credits, co-writing credits on the whole album, but clearly, you know, his influence is right, so he, deep. You know, directly do it, his influence kind of be in there, brought everyone up to his level. Yeah, yeah. And he was the guy they all looked up to. You know, even though the same age, musically, he was so sophisticated. Even though he joined the man later, you know, he wasn't necessarily a founding member. Obviously, he is in many senses, but you know, he wasn't the original bass player. But he just informed them. Uh, I mean. Yeah, and it, you know, I love this song. I mean, I don't know if you saw recently, uh, Master of Puppets remaster has been released. Uh, I'm not fortunate to own it physically, but good old Spotify has all the stuff on there, so I've been listening to all loads right, of well- it. And uh, there's two songs. There's Damage Inc. There's kind of an early demo, which is just vocalless, which is quite cool. And there's also from James's riff tape in 1985, and it's him just doing the riffs like really well, like really raw. Like just I explain, he's, he's exploring some four track or some shit. It sounds fucking great. I don't know if you know, but on the demos, it was like like he doesn't necessarily know the words, but he knows the melody. So there's lots of him doing that, and it's it's a treat to listen back to. It really makes you appreciate the level of craftsmanship that running through this song. Oh yeah, definitely, man. Like, I've not had a chance to really check it out just because, no. to be honest, I'm just kind of I'm just kind of ignorant to what what's been released right now. To be yeah. honest, um, I don't know. I've just not really been keeping up with it, but I'll need to check it out because I like I like hearing like the rarities and the demos and stuff when bands bring the stuff out. 
Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. And I, I just stumbled on it like the other day, actually. But it's, you know, it's awesome. So anyone listening, I'm sure it's on all the streaming services as well. But check it out if you haven't listened already. I might do an episode on what's on there because it's some really cool stuff. Um, any closing thoughts on uh, Damage Inc., Kieran? Um, just generally, you can tell it's just such an amazing song because the production on it is fantastic. Like it, com- it still competes with like modern stuff being brought out today. Technology's come so far, and everything off of Master of Puppets and Damage Inc. and Battery and stuff like that, especially. But with this, but with these songs, they compete against it today. Even though the technology's come so far ahead, Master of Puppets was ahead of its time in that sense, like oh, production yeah. wise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah, it's timeless absolutely timeless right. you know uh unbelievable song comment below what do you think of damage Inc? let us know if you don't like it don't listen to this podcast please stop listening nice. uh, unsubscribe we don't need you here uh i could say the same will go for reload fans but that would alienate a lot of the fan base i won't say that but uh yeah i don't think you do too much damage <laughs> all the damage is incorporated of course uh but um kieran have you seen the band live uh-huh. at all uh, yeah, I saw them at, um, do you mean the last Sonosphere Festival they'd done? They had, like, the fan request playlist, the fan oh, request right, yeah. set, where, like, people got to, I didn't get to, but other people got to, like, vote who had bought, like, yeah. VIP tickets or something, they got to vote the songs, and then, like, the last three below it, we also had to text in and vote, and it was between Wherever I May Roam, Justice, and I think it was Four Horsemen. Right. That was pretty cool, and, uh, and Justice for All won, and I got to see that live, which mm. I never thought would. And yeah, I think rare. it's the first time they played, what was it, Lords of Summer or something okay, they okay. brought out? Yeah, beyond I think that was the first yeah. time. I think they'd played that for the first time in the UK. It's a bit of a shite song, to be honest, but you know, <laughs> still cool to see something new, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I don't, I, All that Beyond Magnetic, I'm not too hard on, to be honest. I don't, I'm not. I'm not uh, it's just, I think it's a bit excessive. I think all the songs aren't like six minutes long. Yeah. It's just like, who's got time? Yeah, yeah, a lot of that. De- I, I love Death Magnetic, but I think Death Magnetic could do is shave it off a few minutes here and there. Uh, but... Death Magnetic has its has its appeal, but there's just so much in it. It's just absolute filler as well. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Certain songs I do really like, like Cyanide and Broken Beat and Scarred. But something like End of the Line, I'm like, there's a good song in there, but it needs to be a bit structured, a bit better. Yeah. Or, uh, like, I'm one of the few people that I actually quite enjoyed Unforgiven Free, but see the ridiculously long intro in that, it just puts me off of listening right. to it. It's like three minutes of just bass and, like, you know, a chord, and it's just ridiculous. I will say, um, I don't know about yourself, My Apocalypse, It's, it, I think it's one of the better Metallica songs out there. I think it's a fantastic song. Mm. Uh, it's definitely one of the better from the newer kind of mm. crop of songs. I think so. I think so. I'm not. I'm not really. I know a lot of people love Hardwired. I'm like, it's got mm. some good songs, but I, I think it's just okay. Cut that album in half, and you've got a pretty good album. I think yeah. there's way too much on it. There is like there's so much filler. Yeah, like there was a what was it? Spout the bone. That was a fantastic song. Oh, yeah. uh, Rise Atlas. That was great yeah, as well. Moth is crazy good. But, oh yeah, like there are some good stuff, and then there's just like what was that one he done to Lemmy, uh, Murder One or something? I, yeah, no. Oh, it was just so cheesy and <laughs> absolute crap. But you know, no offense, anyone that's a fan of Lemmy or anything, nothing against no, him. No, no, of course. But oh, for God's sake, it's just so corny. Yeah. <laughs> like, even yeah. by Metallica standards. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's just 
yeah i mean hardwired fans as well be in touch there's some good stuff on the record it sounds great as well but you know it's just yeah it's not mm. as uh intriguing for me i should say as well um finally on damage inc it's been performed 293 times live so you know it's been pretty pretty big mainstay on the set first performed march 27th 1986 in wichita uh last performed november 1st this year so just two weeks three weeks ago in belgium so all right yeah it's cool they just played it obviously i saw them on the tour that would that would have been the day after i saw them actually they played uh, damaging so that's pretty cool um but, uh, I never saw them on the tour. I think Weezer were playing that same night, and I'd not saw Weezer yet, so it was a bit of an obvious. Right. And they didn't have a hundred pound for a ticket, so yeah, Weezer's a bit more affordable, isn't it? Aye, definitely. How how were Weezer? Oh mate, they were fantastic. Like they're still on form. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's cool. Yeah, I, I'm not really caught up with Weezer to be honest, but perfect situation. I always like that song. Uh, you don't need to get caught and I'm just getting a bit of the Blue Album and you're sorted. Oh, well, I mean the Blue Album. Yeah, I know the Blue Album. I never really got into Pinkerton. I know everyone says it's like a classic, but... Oh, you're going against the grain here, Tom. Really? Aye, uh, man. Pinkerton's like... I don't know. It's probably their master of puppets. Is it? <laughs> I'm not giving it much of a chance, to be honest, but uh, it's their master of puppets. Fair enough. Okay, you've sold me. I'll definitely have to check that out. Um, so we'll close up with a few quick-fire questions. Uh, the first one being, what, what, is your, what is your favourite Metallica song? Favourite Metallica songs, one. Yeah, good choice. Like the, that song is just an absolute masterpiece, in my opinion. It's probably my favourite song ever, to be honest. Yeah. Just like the melody, the intensity, all of it, oh. it's just absolutely amazing. I actually messaged you first to see if I could get one. Mm. I knew it wasn't going to happen. That's but... right, yeah. <laughs> Oh man, we could do like a three-hour podcast and how great that song is. Yeah, yeah, video as well. Mm-hmm. Video is really uh, video. Uh, live seen a lot, man. Just about how great one is. It's <laughs> no, I meant I meant the one video, but I get yeah, we could do a video on it. But uh, no, I, I know what you're saying. It's just yeah, unbelievable. Uh, reenact stuff. it with all your uh, Alphabetica alumni. <laughs> yeah, just get all the guys there. And uh, uh, so, what about a favorite member of the band? Favorite member. Uh, probably James. Yeah. I quite like Rob Trujillo as well. Cause he's quite funny to watch during like the live videos. Yeah, like just you know he's in his wee groove, floating about. It's quite funny. <laughs> no one said Rob yet. I mean, James is obviously the you know everyone's. You know what? He was in suicidal tendencies as well. I'll say Rob. Wow. Right? Rob's the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out Rob. Um, I think they have a suicidal tendency. They have like a song called Psycho Vision or something that's fucking uh, heavy. It's on like Tony Hawk's Skater One. I think. I think I reference oh, Tony Hawk's Pro well, while I'm here giving you musical suggestions, Tom, yeah, yeah. about Suicide, those first few albums as well, some of the best, like, metal, punky kind of stuff you'll ever hear. Wow. They do some really good funk stuff as well. Yeah, so I've heard, so I've heard. I need to, um, I need to check them out. So, um, what about your favourite Metallica album? Favourite album? Ah, uh, it's a toss-up between Justice and Ride the Lightning. Oh, man. Can pick between the two. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Justice is... I mean, obviously I love Ride, but... Justice, it's almost like the White Album. It's just so deep and dense, and like there's just so so much idea in there. I uh, like they make up for the lack of bass with all just the experimental kind of stuff they're doing in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's true. Um, and final question: If you were to do a podcast like I do one on Metallica, is there a band you could do it on that you love? Oh, so many. Yeah. I'd probably do one on like Suicide or something, or wow. um, that's I well, you know. No, I mean yeah, that's so, cool. Like well, I like that. Like uh, someone yeah. else, someone else out there would appreciate that. Hopefully, Hell maybe yeah. like Wu Tang or something would be quite cool to do as Wu-Tang well. Would be like, cool. Yeah. With him. 
Yeah, that would be cool. What would you? Do? I guess you do like albums and just members, and yeah, there'd be a lot to do with Wu Tang. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Oh yeah, Wu Tang have such a huge like range. Oh, I think nowadays you can just ask them and you're part of the Wu Tang. Yeah. So so much to go in there. But like the early stuff, that early crop of solo albums like Liquid Swords, you know, yeah, uh, it's just fucking crazy. And uh, the dirty version, like yeah, that mm. yeah, Wu Tang podcast would be sick. That would be really really good. Um, and y- you have a band, right? Uh, yeah, man. Um, we've got a weekend of funky thrash band here in Glasgow. It's called we're called uh, Fatal Collision. And uh, anyone who's interested, look us up. Fatal Collision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll pop all the links. I'll pop all, yeah, I'll pop all the links down below. So you got some music people can listen to. Uh, yeah, man. We've got a demo out that released last year, and we'll be bringing out some new stuff soon. Just two original songs, and we're going to do an EP of covers of stuff like Dead Religion, not Dead Religion, Dead Kennedys, Dead Kennedys. and Bad Religion. Bad Religion, shit. W- would you ever cover a Metallica song? Uh, I probably, man. Like we jam stuff like Enter Inter- Sandman, Master of Puppets, yeah, and yeah. things like that. And uh, so I, if you know. If Bad Kennedys is your thing, back is up. Um, yeah, uh, obviously the links will be down below, so definitely check them out as well. Um, Kieran, this has been great. I just want to end uh, by saying thanks to everyone for listening. I appreciate I've got a bit of a cold at the moment. I was irritated to listen to. Apologies, but um, this has been a great episode to do. Please follow us at MetallicaPod, MetallicaPod at gmail.com if you want to come on the show. Help support us on the Patreon. Go check the Patreon out. You know, you don't know what's going to be on there in the future. Uh, if you want to support us there, yeah, that's about it. iTunes reviews. And finally, Kieran, thanks again, man. This has been great. Ah, uh, uh, no, man. It's been cracking. Catch you later, mate.